Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Let's go tonight over to the book of John, chapter 17. God bless everyone for being here tonight. Uh, For all of our first-time attendees, God bless you. Thank you for being here. We pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. Amen. And uh, God's good to us. John chapter 17. I want to begin a new series tonight entitled The Foundation of the Truth. The Foundation of the Truth. And uh, John 17, 17 Jesus made a statement, and it is the statement that revolutionized my life. And uh, I was, uh, you know, I was raised in church. You, you've all heard my, my story. Uh, and I, w- I was born, uh, my, my mother went into labor preaching with me, and with, with me preaching. And uh, long story short, I mean, I was, I was raised in church, and, and we knew that the Bible was the Word of God. Uh, you know, we knew that, that uh, 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 it contained uh, God's plan for your life. Um, but, you know, I don't know that I ever heard the statement that the word was truth. Now, I'm not saying they never said it. I don't know that I ever heard it. And uh, Pastor Michelle and I, of course, uh, we were getting a hold of the word of God and, and our lives were changing and what impacted me was one night I was studying. She was working nights at the grocery store. And I was reading the word, and I came across this verse, John 17, 17. And he says, Jesus, praying for the disciples and us, said, sanctify them through your truth. And then he made this statement, a life-altering statement. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Well, that revolutionized my life. That revolutionized my thinking. Because truth to me is something that cannot change. And, and according to the scripture, it's something that cannot change. And so when I came to view the word of God as not just something that was, that was right, but absolute truth. Now see, that changes everything. It's because what you read in the word is truth. The word does not just contain truth the word is truth right what why is that because Jesus is the word and he said I am the way I am the truth and I am the life right so the word because it's inspired by the Holy Ghost and because it's not a book about someone but it is someone it is what Jesus is it is truth And people will say, well, you word of faith people exalt the word on the same level as God. No, we don't. Jesus did. The the book of Psalm, the Old Testament, uh, uh, the psalmist said this, you've exalted your word above all your name. He said your word is is, is exalted above your name. Why? Because if your word's no good, your name is no good. It's never the reverse. 
It's never if your name's no good, your word's no good. No, if your word's no good, your name's no good. So what came first? The word of the man, the word. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. And so truth was there at the right hand of the Father. Everything you see that was made was made by truth. You understand? And, and, and that's why when you read the word and it says how God created the heavens and the earth, that's truth. God did that. Science may not have an explanation for all of it, but science doesn't have an explanation for a lot of truth. It, right? Science is catching up to the truth. Now, hallelujah. So the word is truth. So if, if we have anything in society, in the world today, it's this famine of truth. It seems like every, every other day you're hearing somebody comes out, somebody lied, somebody deceived, somebody said something that wasn't right. Well, it's, it's because they're like Pilate. In John chapter 18, let's look here in John 18 and uh, verse 37. This, this, this scripture uh, resonated with me when I first saw this many years ago. Jesus is before Pilate. And it says, Pilate said to him, are you a king? Then Jesus answered, you say I'm a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Well, what was he bearing witness to? The things that were written about him. And Jesus said, I've got to bear witness to the truth. And, and notice, everyone that is of the truth. Now, wait a minute. What Peter say, you were not born again with corruptible things, but with the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. God. We are of the truth. You and I are of the truth. Because when you believe the Word and you act on the Word, that's what caused you to be born again. You believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. What was that? Believing the Word. And you acted on the word and you were born again of the word. Amen. And Jesus said, notice, he said, everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. So what is the voice of God? What is the main voice of God in a believer's life? The word. The word. God will endeavor to speak to you through the word, which is truth, first. Amen. God will endeavor to speak to you through the word first. Brother Hagin always used to say, talking about the inward witness and the inward leading, but he would always make the statement that the two primary way God leads you is number one, the word, and number two, the inward witness. It will never be the reverse. Because we're of the word. And then notice, he said, notice this. Notice this statement. And Pilate said unto him, what is truth? That's where so many people are today. What is truth? Right? We have an idea. They have their own brand of truth. But if their brand of truth contradicts the truth, their truth is not truth. 
Because truth cannot contradict truth. That's why you've got to view the word as truth. Christians see the word as truth. And that trumps everything else. Right? I mean, we're going to get into some of this tonight. Tradition, uh, ideas, uh, uh, denominational doctrines. What, what does the word say? What does the truth say? And, and when you see that, I've run into people, I've been doing this long enough now to have run into a lot of people that will say this, and they'll say, well, here's how I see it. Now, wait a minute, hang on. It's okay for you to have an opinion. But if your opinion goes against the truth, your opinion is now invalid. Yeah, but I got a right to my opinion. Yes, you do. You have a right to be wrong. You have, you have a right to be wrong where, where the truth is concerned. And, and I'm not saying anybody in here is wrong. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But you have this, this, this idea in the world today that if I have an opinion, if it's right to me, if it's truth to me, then it's truth. No, it's not. Something is not truth because you believe it. Something is truth because it's truth. It's not true because you believe it. It's true because it's true. Amen. Right? I'm I'm looking around here at every man that's in here. Every man that's in here is a man. That's the truth. Well, well, but some people don't feel like a man. I don't care. The, The truth is the truth. Because the Bible says he created two genders, male and female. Right? Now, I'm saying, I'm, 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 not, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying that, right? That, that's how it is. If, if you're a man, you're a man. That's the truth. Well, someone else will say, well, I disagree with that. This is what I perceive to be true. They're wrong. Because it contradicts the truth. Amen. So truth, when he said John 17, 17, the word is truth. The word truth means what is true in any matter under consideration. The word is true in any matter under consideration. I've had people tell me, well, the Bible doesn't have an answer for everything. What? Sure it does. It's true for any matter under consideration. Whatever you're dealing with, the word is truth concerning that. And, and, and that covers the whole gamut. I've had people ask me, is it God's will to heal? Well, what's the word say? It says he bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases and with his stripes we are healed. One of the seven compound names of God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, or the Lord that heals you. He said, I'll take sickness and disease from your midst and I'll bless your bread and your water. Uh, over and over again, that's the truth. See, that's the truth. So all I've got to do is, to, is consult the truth for is it His will? Amen. Well, what about is it, is it God's will to bless everybody, every believer? What's the Scripture say? That Jesus became poor so that we through His poverty might be rich? That's what He said. So that's his will, that's his desire, that's, so that settles the issue. Amen. 
And I've had people say, well, you know, the church I grew up in, we're not talking about the church you grew up in. We're talking about what does the truth say? Amen. Well, this is what grandma said. Well, just because grandma taught it and you bought it doesn't mean it's truth. It, it might not be truth. Now, this can sound elementary, but that's the, that's the, the, the void that we have today. Not just in the world, in the church. People say, I've never seen so many ministers fall. And you've never seen so many ministers not preaching truth. Amen. You, listen, you, you can shine a lot of this old stuff up and put new paint on it. And people will be attracted to it just like they've always been. But here's what will always stand, the truth. The truth. The truth is what keeps you right. The truth is what keeps you holy. The truth, right? He said, sanctify them through your word. Your word is truth. Set them apart. Sanctify them through the truth. Through the truth. That's so important. Amen. All, all, of, all of the slick business slogans and, and all of the corporate marketing schemes... All of that's great. You'll attract people, but something has to keep them solid. Something has to keep them right. Something has to keep them grounded in the things of God. And it's called the truth. The Bible says that it requires mercy and truth for sheep to grow. Jesus said in John 8 that what you would know is the truth, and the truth would make you free. Right, the truth would make you free. Not just loving folks. Not just being merciful. Knowing the truth. And sometimes the truth goes crosswise to how a person thinks. But if they'll take the truth instead of what they think, they'll find freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? I mean, there, there has to be a glut of truth. And, and I'm not preaching on this, but... To, to see some of the immoral behavior that you see, there has to be a, a void of truth in that person's life for them to fall into that mess. Amen. I've had people say, what keeps you straight? I want to go to hell. <laughs> yeah, but you're saved. You can't go to hell. I'm not chancing it. I'm not risking it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, just in case some of the old folk might have been right. Yes, sir. That you know the rapture comes and you're not doing right, you may not go. That's it. I, now I know people say I, that's wrong. I, I'm not preaching right or wrong. I'm saying I'm not risking it. Praise Amen. God. Now, you understand what I mean by that? I, 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 I saw something uh, just today, as a matter of fact. A uh, minister caught in a human trafficking ring. Soliciting prostitutes. He never thought his mugshot would be around the, the nation. Right? That he had slick marketing schemes and planting a church and had all the right slogans, but he didn't have truth. He didn't have truth. Am I helping you? That word he said, sanctify them with the truth. Here it is. Sanctify means to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. Separate from profane things 
and dedicate to God. It means to purify internally by renewing the soul. That's what the truth does. The truth sets you apart. The truth separates you. The truth purifies you. The, The Bible says in the book of Romans that the truth, the word, renews your mind. Because you start thinking truth. The the biggest lie there is, is the lie of sin. Once you learn the truth, you you stop that. Or should. Right? In order for the word to have the effect in my life it could have, I have to view it as absolute truth. There may be even things you don't understand. Well, I don't understand it, but I, I consider it truth. Amen. I was dealing with a, a group of pastors one time. A friend of mine had asked me to go. He, uh, uh, he, he wanted to confront them about something. And it wasn't in a, in a mean spirit or anything of that nature. But uh, uh, he called me and he said, uh, th- now this is back in the day of landline, you know. Uh, and so he called me at our house and I picked up the phone. And he said, yeah, he said, uh, I've called a meeting with all these pastors. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him. I'm going to confront him about this. I knew right there he's calling me to get me to go confront him. And he said, I want you to go with me. And I said, well, what are you going to talk to him about? And he said, uh, blah, 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 this, this, that, and the other. And there, there were some things that, that I, won't, I won't get into. But the, the, the point is, it was hurting the church in, in the metro area. It was hurting the church. And uh, I remember I went to that meeting. And we sat at a big long table and there are pastors on this side and pastors on this side and ministers and they were all giving their opinion about this. And they would say, well, Dr. So-and-so says this and Bishop Elder Reverend says this and, and you know, uh, all this, that and the other. And finally, I just raised my hand. I said, uh, brethren, I said, what does the word say? And they went right back into it. They said, yeah, but this is what so-and-so says. And, and, and I stood up and I took my Bible. And I wasn't trying to be theatrical, but I tossed it on the table in front of them. And I said, show me. Quit telling me what Bishop Reverend says and Dr. Elder says. And this preacher says, show me in the word where what you're saying is valid. Crickets. Because there was no way to show it. And, and you ask my wife, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that does things like that just to be uh, theatrical. or I, I would rather stay out of a conflict. But here, here's the point. If you're teaching something and saying it's scripture, you need to show it in the truth or you can't preach it. Amen. All statements about the word are not truth, but the word's absolute truth. Every statement you hear about the word is not truth. Here's why. There are ideas about the word, but ideas about the word are not the word. Opinions about the word are not the word. The word is the word. And the word is truth. That's important because it's not how... I see it. It's not how we see it. It's what does the Word say? What's the Bible say? Amen. Denominational doctrinal biases. 
I mean, people will come up with their denominational bent. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with denominations at all. I have no problem with it. But here's the point. If that denominational bias goes against the Word of God, there's a Pentecostal denomination that will not invoke the name of Jesus. When they pray, they say, in your name. Or, or something like that. They don't say, in the name of Jesus. And they're a Pentecostal denomination. Well, Jesus said to pray in His name. Paul said, do all things in the name of Jesus. So, do, do you see that? Well, but I was raised in this denomination, and we don't do that. That's not what the Bible says. Oh, hallelujah. That, I may have told you this story, but I'll tell you it again. I, I was coming out, out, of, out of prison. We, uh, now, I wasn't in prison. I was teaching in the prison. <laughs> Let's clarify that. All right? <laughs> and uh, and I, I had been with Jim, Brother Jim Molson, and I had been doing a Bible study up there for a number of years and uh, uh, just had a thriving congregation in that prison. And uh, uh, I was walking out of the facility one night, and a guy came running up behind me, Pastor Steele, Pastor Steele. And I turned around, and I said, yes. And, and he said, I was, I was at your Bible study. I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, how do you baptize? I couldn't resist. I said, in water. And he said, no, you know what I mean. I said, no, brother, I don't know what you mean. Tell me what you mean. You haven't asked me anything. You've told me something. He said, well, you know, the Bible says da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he was, he was a brother that, 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 you know, did not believe. He, he believed not only that you had to baptize singularly, in the name of Jesus, he, he believed that if you weren't baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost, that you were not saved and you couldn't go to heaven. Well, I mean, I don't argue with people about that, but it's very clear from Scripture. I mean, who do we believe? You know, I mean, well, Paul and Peter said baptize in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus said baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So if, if I, now, now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Hang, hang on with me. See, we're talking about truth. When you study the truth, what Jesus said, in, according to the Greek rendering, is go and baptize them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or baptize them into the authority of the name. So people say, how do you baptize? You ready? Here's how I baptize. Father, according to your word, this person has made Jesus their Lord and Savior. They've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So according to your word, where you said to go baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we do so right now in the name of Jesus. Because I'm supposed to baptize, I'm supposed to do everything in His name. But people will argue with you about that and they have no foundation for it. Well, if, you know, if you baptize in the titles. Now, wait a minute. You're about, to, you're about to say something against what Jesus said. And if you talk against what Jesus said, we're not going to listen to you very much longer. Right? And then there are people who say it doesn't matter how you baptize. If it didn't matter how you baptized, Jesus wouldn't have mentioned it. Hallelujah. People say, well, I don't, I don't believe in, in that speaking in tongues. You know, our church doesn't believe in that. Well, but that, 
That does not take, that does not take Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 12. It doesn't take all of those chapters, not verses, chapters out of the Bible. Where they were all filled and spoke with other tongues. You can see over and over and over again in the scripture where every time that they, they received the Holy Ghost, they were filled and they spoke. But people say, well, I don't believe in that speaking in tongues. Well, how much of the Bible are you going to do away with? See, this is important because those are traditions. And people in that denomination are hurting they are, they are at a loss. They don't have the benefits of the truth. They're limited in their prayer life. They're limited in, in the answers that they can receive. They're limited in building up their most holy faith. They're limited in edifying themselves. They can't stir up the gift of God that's in them because they're taught that that's not right. Amen. Oh, here's one. Women ministers. Well, the Bible says, let your women be silent in the church. Well, the Bible does say that, but it doesn't say it the way they say it. It's the Greek word gyne, G-Y-N-E. There's only one word for woman in the New Testament, and that's it. And you've got to ascertain from the context who he's talking about, a married woman or an unmarried woman. And Paul says, when you come together, let your women be silent in the church. Then what's he say? And if they would ask their husbands anything, let them do it at home. So what's going on? They're interrupting the service, asking questions. and, And remember, they didn't sit together back then. The men sat up front and the women sat in the back. And when they didn't understand something, they'd stand up and say, Hey, Joaquin, what did he say? Right? And Paul said, guys, that's got to end. Because people that would say, he said, be silent in the church. Then why did he say a woman that, pre- that prophesies or prays in a public assembly without her head covered, if, if, if she can't say anything in church, then why did the same the apostle a chapter later say when a woman prophesies or prays? And isn't it interesting, that same denomination will let women lead worship, they'll let them sing, they'll let them teach Sunday school, they'll let them have women's meetings. Now you got to do it back there in the, in the wing. You know, you can't do it because somehow the wing's not the church. Now I'm not preaching on the woman question, I'm just saying, do you see that? That's tradition. That's tradition. And how much of the church has been robbed of the gift in precious women of God because of somebody's tradition? Amen. Well, Paul said he did not suffer a woman to usurp authority over a man. Well, number one, again, he was talking about wives. And and a woman that's submitted to God and submitted to the leadership of a church is not trying to usurp authority. They're operating in authority. My dad used to say, preachers that don't believe in women preachers, he said it's because the women are better preachers than they are. 
Amen. Listen, listen. I, we, got, we got one of the finest, yes, sir. In, in my opinion, my unbiased opinion. Yes, sir. Amen. But, but my, you understand why I'm saying that? That's somebody's tradition. That's somebody's idea. Hallelujah. Disagreement with any of these things we talked about is not the difference between heaven and hell, but what does the Word say? It's, it's, it's like, uh, remember in, uh, now, now uh, I'm going to ask you this question. Don't answer out loud because it's, it's, I'm proving a point. Remember, remember there in the book of Acts chapter 9? You know, now again, don't promise me you won't answer out loud. Remember, you know, Paul's going down the, the road to Damascus and got knocked off his horse. And I've heard people preach that. I've heard preachers preach hour-long sermons about how Paul got knocked off his horse. Read chapter 9 of Acts sometime and show me that horse. It's not there. There's no mention of a horse in that chapter. And people say, well, what difference does that make? If you'll put a horse in that chapter, what else are you putting in chapters? What does the Word say? If the Word says there's a horse, there's a horse. Well, it's just common sense. He had a horse. The Bible doesn't say he had a horse. If you believe that, fine. Believe that. But see, what does the Word say? What what does the Word say? this This is so important. Hallelujah. If, if you have what the Word said, you have truth. If you have tradition, you don't have truth. Amen. That, right? There, there are people that will preach right now. I, I had a lady coming come to our church in the Kansas location that had been diagnosed with cancer. And she was coming to the church and getting a hold of the Word of God. And God was, God was working in her body. She would come on Sunday night and get so full of the power of God. And God was working. Man, she would come back on, on the next Sunday and just look horrible again. And I found out what was happening. She went, would go back to her denominational church because her husband wouldn't leave it. And they told her what I was teaching. And the pastor looked at her and said, you better be careful trying to get rid of that cancer when God might be using that to teach you a lesson. And then she came and, and went back and he told her the second time, he said, uh, he said uh, you better be careful trying to get rid of something that might be God's will. You just need to accept God's will. That made me mad. That, that, any preacher that would say, see, that was tradition. That was tradition. If you've ever seen anybody suffer with cancer, you, and, and you think it's God's will, you need another dip. You, you, you need to see the Word of God from a different light. It cannot be God's will. It cannot be. That's why we hate it. We hate what God hates. But my point is, that was tradition. You know, people say, well, would she have gotten healed? Look, I don't know if she was far enough gone. I don't know. I I never had the chance to find out. I never got to work with her that much. But here's what I know. I know that it was the words of somebody that valued tradition over the truth that caused her to give up. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? 
Look at, look at Mark 7. Oh, hallelujah. I spent longer on that than I intended to, but nonetheless, it was good. <laughs> Mark uh, 7. And, uh, oh, Lord, help me with this because I... Verse 2, let's, let's go to verse 2. When they saw some of his disciples, the Pharisees, eating with uh, eating bread, eat bread with defiled, that is to say unwashing hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, oft eat not, notice now, notice these words, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the market, except they wash, they don't eat. Many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups, pots, vessels, tables. The Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why walk not your disciples according to, here it is, the tradition of the elders, but eat with unwashing hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah the prophet, prophet well has Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. Well, he starts that conversation off on the right foot, right? Just here it is, right? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, for doctrine, the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God. Putting the commandment of God to the side, you hold to the tradition of men as the washing of pots, cups, and many other such like things you do. And he said to them, full well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. You reject God's truth so you can keep your tradition. Do you see that? And, and, and he went on, for the sake of time, we won't, we won't get into all of it. But he went on, and he talked about how Moses said to honor your father and your mother. Whoever curses his father or mother, let him die the death. If you say a man shall say to, but you say if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, it is an offering. In other words, the, the child was charged with taking care of his mother and father in their elderly years but that they had got a tradition that said, but if you say this is a gift for God, you don't have to give it to your parents. See, and, and Jesus is saying, you, Moses said in the word, in the truth, to honor your father or mother, but you say you give him a way out. And notice what he said. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or mother, Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Which you have delivered and many such like things do ye. So notice, he said, this is so important. He said, you've got to lay aside the commandment to hold to your tradition. Amen. You've got to lay it aside. To hold to your tradition. He said Moses commanded something in the word. In the truth. Right? And you said, right? What, what, what do we see today? Well, you can't help who you love. 
I mean, what's wrong with, with two people that love each other, even if they're the same gender? Who, you know, if they love each other, what's so bad about that? Because the scripture says it's not right. And you can't lay aside the commandment for the tradition. Yeah, but all these churches, you know, that many people can't be wrong. Oh, yes, they can. Millions of people can be wrong. And it, listen, 12 spies went into the land. Ten of them came back with an evil report. Only two of them believed the truth. And the, the two that believed the truth were right. And the ten that believed a lie got everybody in trouble. Three million people did not make the promised land because they believed ten guys. This is so important. Amen. Amen. What the enemy wants to do is convince people that if they stand for truth, they're somehow going to suffer. Well, the Bible says all that live godly will suffer persecution. Now, that's not something that we put on our confession list. Thank you, Lord, that I live godly, so therefore I'll suffer persecution. <laughs> right? But all that live godly will suffer persecution. I was sitting with somebody one time, and, and they made this statement. They said, uh, they said uh, you know, uh, talking about this issue of marriage, they said, well, you know, Jesus never addressed marriage. Oh, yes, he did. Read it in the book of Matthew. He said, don't you know that when he created them in the beginning, he created them male and female? And for this purpose, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And he called the husband a male and called the wife a woman. That, that is what Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. That's how he defined marriage. <laughs> right? Yeah, but you know what's so wrong with it? It's, it violates Scripture. It violates Scripture. See, you got to lay aside the commandment to hold to your tradition. So important. I said that's so important. I tell single folks all the time, and, and, and I don't know if i got any single folks here or not watching online, but look, I'm your pastor. I love you. I, I tell them all the time, don't put yourself in compromising situations. Yes. Don't be in dark rooms together. Yes. You got no business on a dark country road in a car alone with that man. You got no business there. Yes. Yeah, but I'm an adult. You're right. You're an adult. And you can lay aside the commandment of God because you're an adult. That's that clothesline preaching, Pastor. Oh, I'll keep you free, too. It'll keep, it'll keep you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I, I know something. I know the devil sends guys, sends men to our churches that just want to have sex with our girls. And I know he sends women that are just looking for a guy. And this is how you keep the chicken coop clean. Is you let them know, I'm watching. And when I see a wolf, I rock them. Amen. I don't pet wolves. I pick up rocks and throw it at them. Amen. I, I had a guy one time that was coming to church, a young man of God. And, and, and he was single. He was eligible. 
and this girl started coming, and I could see right away she had an eye for him. And every time she'd get around me, boy, everything in me would just start shaking. And, I, and you say, what'd you do? I went to him, and I called his name, and I said, listen to your pastor. That is not for you. Now, you got to do whatever you got to do with that, but that's a rescue. Don't you get involved with her. Yeah, but that's none of your business. Okay, if you submit yourself to this ministry and I see danger in your life, I'm not just going to sit back and let you run headlong into destruction. I'm at least going to say something. That's my job. The Bible says that I am the under shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. I've had people get mad at me. You don't know what you're talking about. And have to come back and say, I apologize. You did know what you're talking about. I'm not trying to run anybody's life. I got enough to do to run my own life. I got enough to do to keep me holy and sanctified and walking right. Amen. But, but my point is, you got to lay aside the commandment of God to get involved in that stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, but you know, you just you just can't you just can't you just can't help who attracts you. Yes, you can. See, don't buy into that. That's what the world wants us to believe. And then they try to bully you into their way of thinking. They label you. Let let, let me just announce this to everybody. I'm old fashioned and I'm gonna get even more old fashioned. Because the Bible says, desire the old paths. It says, desire those things that kept people free. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said the ones espousing this tradition, notice what he said, were hypocrites. A hypocrite is one who holds to their tradition in spite of what the word says. The most dangerous thing about man-made tradition is it makes the Word of God of no effect. Makes the truth that cannot be stopped of no effect. Amen. That, that word, when it says none effect, it means void to deprive of force and authority, I like this, or to invalidate. Void, deprive of force and authority, or invalidate. That's, that's what tradition can do to the Word. I remember one time I was, I was in a church and uh, it, was, uh, it was in their bylaws. When, when you ministered there, you could not mention another translation of the Bible except the King James. It was in their bylaws that you could only preach out of the King James Version. Now, I, that's, that's the version that I, I mean, I, I read and preach out of it. That's, that's the version. But you know me, I reference many other versions. It was in their bylaws. You can only preach out of the King James Bible. And I asked about it. I asked one of the board members about it. And they said, well, that is the most anointed version. <laughs> we were ministering on the street one time. And we had, a, we had a big setup. We used to go down every week. Remember down there on Independence Avenue? And we'd go down and, and set up uh, our, our speakers and minister. And a guy pulled up in the pickup. Pulled up in the pickup. People getting saved. People getting delivered. We saw the dead raised. We saw a guy die, and God raised him from the dead. Amen. Had a whole group of Muslims come from a, what do they call that, a, uh, a mosque. 
and came down. They were going to run us off. And it was a Saturday morning. And, and the, Lord, the, Lord, the Lord told me who they were. And he says, I want you to confront them. And I said, how do I, how do I need to do that? And he told me how. And, and I stepped out there and I said, I see some of our Muslim friends and Muslim brothers are here. I said, I know why you're here. I said, but before uh, we go any further, I said, uh, uh, you believe that Muhammad uh, uh, Allah is God. And, uh, you know, we serve the living God. I said, if you would do something for me. I said, uh, produce for me one person that Allah has raised from the dead. They just stood there. I, I turned to my right and there was a man named Baxter Wolfguts, a Sioux Indian that lived down there. He was out witnessing with us one day and fell over dead. Fell over dead. And boy, them believers that, were, that were, we, we were with, we all jumped on him and prayed him back to life. He came back to life. Amen. And, and, and he gave his testimony. Boy, they just kind of looked at the ground. I said, produce for me one person that Allah has delivered from drugs or alcohol or sin. Produce one person. And man, I called my wife and other people. We had all these people. And, and we went through some other things. And that whole group, one by one, they just left. Here, here's the thing. A, a, a few years later, I was in the prison in, in uh, uh, Ellsworth, Kansas, ministering. And a young man came up to me. And he said, Pastor Steele. I said, yes, sir. He said, I know you don't remember me. You don't know me. I said, no, I, I don't. He said, uh, I was down on Independence Avenue one day as a 10-year-old boy. And he said they had opened a Muslim mosque. And I was down at that mosque on that Saturday morning. And they told me, come on, we're going to go run some Christians off. And he said, I remember we, I walked up with, you, with them to that meeting where you were preaching. And he said, I watched you confront them by the power of the word of God. And he said that I was going to go that direction because I don't have a dad. I don't have a male figure in my life. And he said, but when you confronted them with the truth, he said, I saw how weak that religion was and how strong the things of God were. And he said, I gave my life to God. Well, see, that's what's going on. That's what's going on at those meetings. And this guy pulls up in a truck, pulls up in a truck. I mean, imagine this. A redneck pulls up in a truck at a, at a, at a, at a street meeting. People are getting saved and healed and delivered. And all he cares about is, am I preaching out of the King James 1611 version? <laughs> Dear God, man, I don't care if I'm preaching out of the Sesame Street version. People are getting saved and healed and delivered. I don't care what version Bible you have. Bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Let's get in the Word of God. Let's get the truth in you however you got to get it in you. Oh, glory. When you start arguing tradition, you forsake the Word. A solid foundation is not tradition or opinion. It has to be the Word. In every situation you ask, what does the Word say? At what does the Word say? Now, I don't have time. I, I, I probably just need to hit pause here, but let, let me share one more point with you. Uh, in, in Matthew 22 and 29, Matthew 22 and 29, notice uh, 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 what Jesus said to these uh, Sadducees of his day. They came to him, and they were asking him, about this, they, they presented this uh, uh, hypothetical situation that this uh, uh, well, band of brothers, seven brothers, all of them had been married to the same woman, and you'll remember the story. And, and, and they were trying to trick him. And they said, uh, whose wife is she going to be 
in heaven. And look what Jesus said. You do err. Why do you err? You don't know the scriptures. Isn't that powerful? Here's, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. Amen. You don't understand that God can give a glorified body to a person. Amen. You don't understand that in heaven there's no dying anymore. There's not going to be any marrying and giving in marriage. Nobody's going to die so that they have to, the wife has to go to another man. You err because you don't know the scripture. When you don't know the scripture, you always get into error and you cannot operate in the truth because you don't know what the truth says. Where there's no knowledge of the truth, the potential for error is greatly enhanced. And because they didn't know the scripture, they couldn't understand God's power. You can't understand God outside of His Word. You can't understand God apart from His Word. If I don't know the Word, I can't understand God. Amen. In, in, in Romans 1, it talks about those that were of reprobate mind. Romans 1, 25 through 26. And notice what it says. It says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They exchanged it for a lie. And then the very next verse, what's it say? Therefore, God gave them up. Is that what it says? Why did God give them up? Because they exchanged the truth for a lie. Amen. If somebody buys you something for Christmas that you don't like or it doesn't fit or whatever the case may be, you can go exchange it. Amen. If it was red, you can exchange it for a blue one. Hallelujah. Because that's what you like. You know, the the Bible talks about people believing a lie and wanting to believe a lie. When you exchange something, that's willful. That's not accidental. Amen. Amen. I've talked to people before, and they say, well, you know, I accidentally did this. What do you mean accidentally? I've talked to guys before, and they say, well, you know, I accidentally committed adultery. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's no accident. You didn't accidentally drive to that hotel. You didn't accidentally pull your clothes off. You didn't accidentally get in bed and then go, oh, how did I get here? It was an accident. No, there was a choice. You exchange the truth for a lie. The Bible says the man that commits adultery gets to himself a blot. It's a shame that I don't care who you are. God will forgive it. God will will forget it. But there will always be people that look and say, that guy, that woman did this. All I got to do is say the name Jimmy Swaggart. And Brother Swagger has been free from sin and free from all that mess for probably 30 years now or more. Got a worldwide ministry. His ministry is bigger than it's ever been. But if you're honest, the first thing you thought of when I said Jimmy Swagger was prostitute and sex. Because the truth says you can't erase that. You can't, you can't erase it. Do, do you see? So it's not an accident. You exchange the truth of God for a lie. Oh, hallelujah. I I, got to be done, I know. (laughs) The truth has to be exchanged for a lie because they can't coexist. 
A truth and a lie cannot coexist. They're oil and water. They don't mix. Now, let me end with this. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back in this. Matthew 7, 24 through 29. I'll paraphrase for the sake of time. The Bible says, Jesus said, uh, 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 the man that comes, and he says, uh, uh, the man who hears my sayings and does them, I'll liken him to a man that built his house on a rock. He digged deep and built his house on a rock. And the storm came and the floods rose and the winds blew, but that house stood firm. Now notice, he didn't just hear the truth. He heard the truth and did the truth. Folks, we're in, a, we're in a season, we're in an age, we're in a time right now. You can't shortcut the truth. You can't sugarcoat it, water it down. You can't do it with your family. You can't do it with your friends. You can't, you, you can't do it with coworkers. I, I hear so many Christians that talk about how they believe we're in the last days. And then they, 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 they run around giving milk toast truth. If it's the truth, it's the truth. Jude said there's some people that you pull out of the fire and you don't worry about the garment covered with, with, with uh, defilement. There's some people you pull out. Amen. The Bible says that the word of God, Jeremiah said, my word is like a fire and like a hammer and it breaks into pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. There may be things in people's lives that you know they need the word of truth to shatter that thing off their life. Amen. Yeah, but what if they get upset with me? But what if they get free? What if they get free? So then he said, the next man, he said, that man heard the word and didn't do the sayings. And he was like a man that just put it up on sand. And the same flood and the same storm and the same winds blew and great was the fall of his house. It's the foundation of the truth. It was this man's decision to act on truth that preserved him. He acted on the truth. He acted on the truth. And when you act on the truth, you'll always prevail. You'll always prevail. Don't ever exchange the truth for a lie. And, and the pressure will always be there to accept things. I do not have to accept what the Word of God says is wrong. I don't have to accept it. Amen. In some of those instances that we were talking about, do you realize in America right now, in America right now, 1%, 1% of the population is homosexual. 1%. 1%. And look at all the pressure. 1% is putting on people to accept this. Because it's in their manifesto. It's in their manifesto. The gay rights agenda. They said we will be louder. We will talk. We will yell louder. We will, we will yell longer. We will push and pressure and pressure and pressure until you give in to us. Well, I'm telling you right now that the homosexual agenda will break like a wave on the rock of God's word. And it will never prevail. It will not prevail against the church. Amen.
I've had people say, you better be careful. They'll do this or that. Listen, I was preaching long before YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of them. And I'll be preaching long after they're gone. When everybody's forgot Mark Zuckerberg and all these other people that have no foundation of truth in their life, I'll still be in Little Rock. I'll still be preaching. And I'll still be declaring the truth of God's Word. Don't you back up on the truth. Because when you back up on the truth, you back up on God. And we're not backing up. We're not backing up. Amen. Our children are at stake. Our grandchildren are at stake. Our families are at stake. Our marriages are at stake. Our religious liberty is at stake. And we have to stand for the truth.